0: welcome to the fearless female entrepreneur podcast where you learn how to set aside your fears and limiting beliefs and step into the entrepreneur you are meant to be hi there i'm your host katarina Cormas, mindset and confidence coach for female entrepreneurs and your personal cheerleader to success i teach female entrepreneurs just like you how to identify and overcome your limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome mindset step into and ignite your confidence and unapologetically show up in your business as the fearless entrepreneur you are born to be. Each week, I share the wisdom, tips, insights, and motivation you need to overcome doubts and obstacles holding you back from success. You will walk away feeling empowered and ready to take bold action towards your goals and dreams. So if you're ready to build the life and business you dream of, let's jump in. Hello, y'all. Welcome to the Fearless Female Entrepreneur Podcast. I am so glad that you joined us today, and I'm super excited to introduce Liz Beaton. She is the founder of Loyalty Growth Lab, a loyalty consultancy on a mission to help membership sites make a more powerful impact on the world through retention. <laughs> and I have to say, you are so gifted <laughs> with retention and that customer oh. I mean, your your workshops are so thorough and so informative. Um, so yeah, welcome Liz to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you
1: for having me. I'm so glad as well that we were able to get on a call together because I feel like we've been like in each other's zones for a while now so it's great to also just see your face and have a chat so this is so true
0: <laughs> it is <it's laughs> the first time we really have been face to face that's true
1: <laughs> I know I feel like you've joined some of my workshops we like link up on Instagram and now it's like a proper sit down conversation I'm really looking forward to it thank you for having me
0: yeah yeah and that's the magic of Instagram I mean that's how we met through a free challenge and we were put into like an Instagram pod together I think and I think that's I don't even know. I don't even remember <laughs> how I met you. I think it was actually your sister's challenge we Oh, really? Pod together to, you know, uh, Instagram story pod. And yeah. uh, I think that's how we connected. That was like almost a year ago.
1: Oh, my goodness. I honestly don't even remember that. That's so funny. I just, there's just people that I know from Instagram, who I don't even know how I know them. But they're such a big part of my Instagram life. And you're just one of those people. Yes. Um, but that would make sense, because I do remember doing one of Alex's challenges about a year ago. So you you could be right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself because you just made a huge transition from your corporate job to going full time in your business. You also moved to a totally different country in the no. middle of the pandemic. Like you just you've done it all in the past like eight months. Um, so share with us. Share with us a little bit about yourself and about your journey.
1: Sure. So yeah, it's been a busy past few months, but I I guess I started my my career working corporate side. You know, I think I was like many millennials. I was kind of sold the dream that you go to university and you get a job and you, you know, everything is packaged up like a present and it all works out perfectly. And um yeah, I worked for 10 years for startups, I worked for big brands, I worked for Virgin, Samsung, working on loyalty and retention. And I was always really drawn to the customer experience and to how, you know, you could shift business metrics in a way that was both creative and human, because it's about human interaction, but also would have a positive impact, as I said, on the business and on the bottom line. Um, So I did that for 10 years, I loved it, I loved working corporate. Like I worked with some incredible people, I did some incredible things. Um, But yeah, then the pandemic hit and I think like a lot of people, it just felt like a good time
0: to just completely shift gears. Mm -hmm. So I started my business and now here I am. (laughs) Here you are, and that was, you went full time, was it a few months ago?
1: Yeah, so I actually had a bit of an interesting um, kind of shift from corporate to having my own business. And it's something that whenever I speak to anyone who's thinking about making that shift, I recommend them doing this if they can. But I actually went part-time with Samsung for probably about five or six months, I would say. So I used to be kind of, I was a contractor for them. So I was self-employed, but I was working five days a week. I went down to three days a week with them. And that was really great because it gave me the kind of financial security and flexibility to, to focus on my own business two days a week. And then from December, I went full time on my own business. So the I, I think the whole like my whole business has been has really existed since probably July of this year, or sorry, of last year. So it's still very new. Um, but it's yeah, it's definitely been a, an experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially during a pandemic where nothing- Especially during a pandemic, yeah. <laughs> and as you said, I also moved country. So my husband and I moved from England to, to the States. We're in Miami now. Um, So it's been a lot of change, but it's, you know, sometimes I feel like, I think we were touching on this earlier before we started recording, but, you know, the universe aligns and things just happen in almost like um divine timing. And, and for me, all of this change happened- in a way that felt really natural and really good. And I was just kind of taking the next step where I could and following what felt right. Um, And it's led me here. And so far, so good.
0: Yay! (laughs) Was there something specific that like sparked you? Like you, to leave 9 to 5 and start your own business, was it just that pull? Was it just like, this is, I I can envision this. This is like my next, the thing I want to bring to the world.
1: I think it was a combination of things. I think I... I think first of all, I, I had an inkling that my husband and I would be moving at some point. And while I was doing really, my career was going really well. Um, I had, you know, to give you a bit of a background. I, when I was 20, I'd set myself um, an, uh, an income goal that I wanted to hit by the time I was 40. And I ended up hitting that before I turned 30. Wow! I was making really good money. I was working on really cool projects. I loved what I was doing, but I, I had this feeling that at some point I was going to be moving. And so I thought, you know, before I sink more of my time and energy into my career here in the UK, let me try and build something so that when I move, I at least have a little bit of something that I can, you know, call my own to then run with once we move. So so that was one thing. Um, But also, you know, in the pandemic, by a stroke of luck, I was actually in lockdown with my sister, who's Alex Bieden um who yeah you you I know you know her cuz as you said that's how we met <laughs> Instagram stories queen <laughs> Instagram stories queen indeed um but she's had her own business like she's never worked for anyone she's had her own business for since she was like 20 maybe and now she's 31 and we were in lockdown together and she she actually has a membership site that helps people with Instagram story prompts so people pay a subscription service and every day there's a new prompt for them that they can download and and kind of use to encourage their Instagram stories and drive engagement, et cetera, et cetera. And we were in lockdown together and it was the first time that she's really seen me working and been, you know, with me in a house, seeing me in my element, leading meetings, you know, talking to different people. And she was kind of hearing what I was doing and she was like, you know, Liz, I think that the stuff that you're doing for Samsung would be so valuable for so many people like myself who have a membership because right now everyone is just screaming about you know growing your membership and acquisition and paid ads, but actually no one's owning the space around retention and that's your area of expertise. So why don't you you know why don't you work with me as like a trial basis, see how it goes, see what kind of impact you can make, and then off the back of that you know decide what you want to do. So I actually you know did some work for her for a few months, um, drove some good results. Uh, which was brilliant and I think it was the first time as well that she'd had that that kind of skill set in her house because she in her house sorry in her team because she you know she had a community manager who was brilliant at nurturing community and creating engagement but I think actually retention can be bigger than that and it can be about you know the, the actual life cycle of a member how are you onboarding them how are you retaining them how are you you know keeping them excited um and after that, I just decided, you know, I love doing this. I loved working with one business and working, you know, really seeing the impact of what I was doing, because when you work for a big company like Samsung or Virgin, sometimes you feel like a cog in a massive machine. Yeah. And it just felt really good to kind of, you know, be more hands-on. Have that voice. Yeah, exactly. Um, and to, to really see the impact that, that I was making was, was really incredible. And I thought, oh, this is, you know, this feels good. I want to keep doing this
0: that's fantastic that's such a good good opportunity good, good way to dip your foot in and yeah. see what it's like and and learn from the experience
1: 100 percent. and like I you know I think all the time about how if I hadn't been in lockdown with my sister for seven months I probably wouldn't have started my wouldn't have started this business so it was actually you know the planets aligned in a way yeah. um but it's been yeah it's been it it's also such a different skill set to, to work in corporate, as I'm sure you... Because you also went from corporate to self-employed, right?
0: Yeah, it's a totally different skill set and mindset. Like, totally yeah. different ways of working, totally different expectations. Yeah. yeah. Well, even even going from a
1: world where it's like, every month, you know how much money you're getting paid. And, of course, you, you, know, you always want to do your best, but even if you have a bad month and something happens and you, you don't perform, you know that you're going to get that money... Whereas now being self-employed, it's, it's really more of like a, like a, a mentality of you have to go out and, you know, sell, you have to do the work you, you know, there's so many other things that you have to do, which I think is also really exciting. I think it, it adds a a really interesting element to, to having a business. I think it's, it can be stressful, but it can also be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah and we were talking earlier about intuition like it really teaches you like you it's all you like you have to know yourself as to be an entrepreneur because as you said you're a cog in a wheel in a bigger corporation where they're telling you this is what you need to do this is the metrics you have to hit and all of a sudden you're like out on your own you're like who am I what am I doing do I even like what I'm doing you know like you really are like it's like a It really is about personal growth, not just growing your business. And you're learning so much about what you're capable of and what you like and don't like and what you're willing to sacrifice and not sacrifice. Yeah.
1: And also, you know, resilience, because when you start a business, there are moments like I'll never forget. There was a moment when I was in my study in tears and just, you know, telling my sister, oh, my God, what have I done? Is this a good idea? And she was like, "Liz, congratulations! Now you're an entrepreneur because this is part of the journey. <laughs> like, you're <laughs> gonna have the days when you feel rubbish and you want to cry, and that's part of it.
0: The hazing has begun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right of passage. Um, right now, get used to the tears, and the joy, <laughs> the champagne, and then the tissues.
1: <laughs> it's really a roller coaster, and." I think as well, you know, it's, it's interesting going from a world where, you know, when you work corporate, you just have to be good at your lane. Like it's one thing that you have to be good at. Whereas now as an entrepreneur, as I said, you have to be the salesperson, you have to be the marketer, you have to actually deliver on the service that you're delivering on. You have to network. Like it's not just, it's no longer about, you know, a single job that you have. And I know people say this all the time, but you're now wearing like a million different hats and trying to learn how to do a million different things. Um... And yeah, it can be, I think as well, you know, having spoken to other people who have started their business and it was something that I was very mindful about when I started my business. It's really easy to get caught up in there's always something more to do. Mm -hmm. Like there's always, you know, you you can shut your laptop down and know you have 50 other things that you need to do for your business because it never ends. ends. Yeah. And I've seen so many people who have their own business end up just burning themselves out because they just work ridiculous hours. And I think there's a time for that. But also one thing that I've really tried to be mindful of for myself. And I'd be curious to hear what you think as well. Cause I, I you know, I feel like you'd be good at this. But I really try and make sure that I wear as much as much as possible work like nine to six mm-hmm. and take my breaks and have flexibility um, and don't burn myself into the ground.
0: Yeah, that was I think one of the hardest things I think for most entrepreneurs when you leave a nine to five and you start your business is the, you know, the struggle of time and work, like how it boundaries, but also, you know, you go, you start out and you're like, I have to work 8am to four, right? Like you have to, like I have to sit yeah. at my desk and then I get an hour lunch break and you feel, and then like that doesn't, but that's not what I really want to do. That's what I was leaving to do. And for me, you know, when I work with clients we talk about these things, it's like you get to, t- you know, if you work, Like for me, I work good in the morning. I was just thinking about this before we get on here because (laughs) I work great from nine to 12 and I sit in here, but then I have to let the dog out again. And then I go eat lunch. And then like, I don't want to work again, but then I find at like six, seven o'clock, I might wrap up some, a few admin stuff. And so everybody has to find their like rhythm, but you're right. It's also setting the boundaries. And I think that's always like, the fear as an entrepreneur, like you said, there's not the consistent paycheck. So people are like I have to constantly be working, so that I make sure I make that paycheck. And then even if they hit that goal at the end of the month, the next month starts and like, but I have to hit that goal. And then so then they're on that hamster wheel of trying to do all the things to make sure they hit the goal. And yeah. then they kind of forgot that they really wanted time freedom when they became an entrepreneur. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I think it's a learning experience on. It's easier to get stuck in the weeds of the business and yeah. as opposed to what the money making, like the relationship building, the, the actual thing that's going to bring you money are the relationships and people tend to spend more time on the admin stuff, creating, creating all the backend stuff. And yeah. then they're working all the time because they're always in creating mode.
1: No, absolutely. I think it's Alice Benham who says um, that, you know, we need to make time to not just work In our business, but also work on our business. So, you know, I think, especially speaking to a lot of membership owners, for example, the great thing about memberships is that they provide a relatively consistent source of income. So you can have a a gauge of, okay, I know that, you know, every month if I have X number of members and it costs Y dollars per month, I know roughly how much, you know, at least how much money I'll make every month. But the challenge is, you know, with memberships, there's so much that that needs to be done, you know, that it's so easy to just just get so caught up in, as you said, being in the weeds and just tending to the day-to-day and not actually taking a step back and saying, okay, what is the right thing for me to do to really step change my business or my membership or whatever it is and where I'm going? Um, So that's something that I've also been trying. I'm also a huge planner. I think a lot of people don't like planning. Do you
0: like planning? Ah, this is my bible right here (laughs) yes it's funny like we were talking before i love to plan yeah i also love to let it go as well like create the plan take the action but just kind of allow the magic to happen with it too
1: yeah but i know so many people who don't like to plan and i just don't understand it because i honestly give me targets give me a plan and i am so happy um but yeah, I also find that planning out, you know, what I want to get done for the week or for the day really helps me stay focused and really helps me make sure that I'm not just, you know, working in my business, but also working on it and thinking about the things I need to do that will really drive additional revenue. Um, and it's something I'm still learning, like I'm, you know, my business is still so new. I'm still kind of getting up to speed with being my own business owner versus, you know, being an employee. Um but yeah, it's definitely something that I that I think about in
0: terms of prioritizing because there's so much that you could do. What should you do? You know? yeah, yeah. Especially when you get into the entrepreneurial world, everybody's telling you, you can go in this direction and you can go in this direction and you can do this to make money and you could do this to make money. And all of a yeah. sudden, you know, six months goes by and you've bought all the courses or you've soaked in all the information. And you're like, I don't even know what to focus on anymore. <laughs> Which one's right for me?
1: <laughs> I think as well, there's, you know, and I I see this a lot, at least in in the workshops that I teach as well. And you'll you'll know this because you were in one of the one of um, you were in the BYOM group program. I feel like there's a huge appetite for people to buy courses and to do courses so that they feel like they're making progress. But actually, what's just as important is taking the time to action what you're learning, mm-hmm. because what feels like progress isn't always progress. It's like checking emails. I could check my emails, you know every five minutes and feel like I'm being really productive, but actually I'm not making any progress. Yeah. yeah. Um, the,
0: the course thing is also the fear of not feeling qualified enough. So they're not taking, people don't take the action because they're like, I need to learn more. I don't know enough. She knows more than me. She has a secret formula. I need to learn from her. I need to learn from her. I need to yeah. learn from her. And they're not actually taking any action. And they're just in the learning mode because they're stuck in the, I don't know enough. I'm not good enough. I need more. more. I need the secret formula.
1: (laughs) One thing that I, because I fall into it too. I see people advertising courses and I think to myself, oh my gosh, that looks really good. I should, I should buy that. But I'm at a point now where I, you know, before I buy my next course, I always try and make sure that my last course has paid for itself. Mm, So I try and make sure that I, what I've learned from whatever I've done, I've implemented and have made that money back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as much as possible. Obviously, you know, there's exceptions here and there, but I, that for me has worked really well to make sure that I don't fall down a rabbit hole of just buying a bunch of courses that I end up not using.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's smart. A little like, ROI. <laughs> Turn on investment. It's so far.
1: But it's true because I think, you know, especially it's really easy or at least I find it really easy to write off as a business expense have, have you seen that Shit's Creek episode where he's like oh you write
0: it off it's a tax write-off. Yeah. write-off exactly
1: I feel like it's so easy to write off courses and be like oh it's a business expense but actually if it's not making the money back then it's you know obviously not, not good for business <laughs> it's not really a business expense it's an expense yeah exactly <laughs> but um yeah. I, th- I mean, that's my approach to learning and, and, you know, making sure that I'm not focusing so much on learning and not enough on implementation. Yeah. And I think as well in my, you know, the teams I've worked with in the past and the leaders that I've worked for, they very much biased towards action and not just for having plans and strategies, but saying, okay, we have this strategy. Like what are you going to do about it? When are you going to actually action it? And I think that's something that I've brought into my entrepreneurial world, as I call it,
0: which has been a, a, a massive asset. I think, um, yeah. Yeah, and you know you 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 can make all the strategies you want to and you can learn all the things but you actually don't know anything until you take action. You don't know yeah. if it's going to really work. You don't know what the, you need to tweak You don't know if you're going to like what you're, I mean, how many times I'm like, okay, I want to, I'm going to sit down. I spent like two months once creating an entire course, which I still love the course, but I never sold it because I never really found a place for it in my business. And so Mm -hmm. I spent two months recording and creating and making all the workbooks and all the things and it never went anywhere because I, afterwards, I, I think I did a group coaching program with it. But even the people in the group coaching program never watched it. They really just wanted the coaching. And I was like, great, I just created this. And if I would have not created it first and would have just you know, jumped in know, and posted knows. it as a group coaching, I would have learned so much. Um, yeah. It's still a great course, but it just has no place in my business. Yeah. But action is really where the learning comes from.
1: No, 100%. And I, And I've spoken to so many entrepreneurs who... Have said, okay, I'm going to put aside three months to build my plan for my membership. I'm talking about memberships because mostly the people that I spoke to, that I speak to, have memberships. And for me, it's like, you know, if you want to spend three months building an audience, great, but you don't need three months to, to you know, build a plan for a membership. You know, throw something together, run a beta, see if it works, tweak it. I think you said it perfectly. Like you don't know, you don't know what you
0: don't know until you try. Yeah. And then you can say, okay, this worked, this didn't work. Um, I mean, the first my first years within my membership. I mean, I was doing monthly masterclasses that nobody ever watched. So every month, I'd spend hours creating these masterclasses and these trainings that nobody had time to watch. I mean, I just, I just that was my strategy, and I was going to do it, and I never actually asked the members if they watched it or if they wanted to watch it or if they needed it. I just that was just- I think as well, like oh, I think a lot of times things make sense in principle, but
1: then in, in practice they don't they don't make sense. So you could say, you know, I wanna create a membership for people who have a career and I'm gonna have a monthly one hour training about a different topic every month. And you can build something that that makes a lot of sense, but actually when you put out there, in practice it's not what people need. It's not itching the scratch that they
0: scratching the itch that they have. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, everybody's audience is so different. Even in the same niche, you can yeah. be attracting totally different audiences. That, like, I belong to a few that do the monthly masterclasses, but my audience doesn't want that. They want more one-on-one handholding. Yeah,
1: no, hundred um, percent.
0: But again, you don't know until you put it out there and try it. Exactly, take action.
1: But Messy it's so back- easy to not take action. Like, I think it's. I think you know as well. It's quite scary to take action. It's quite scary to put yourself out there and be like. I'm going to try this new thing and see if anyone buys it. It feels actually really vulnerable to, to, to actually ship something and put something out. Right. And actually, I think, I think that's why a lot of people don't, I think that's why they they kind of let perfectionism be the procrastination excuse that they need to, to never need to ship, to <laughs> ship.
0: Yeah. 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 Send things out into the world and try it. Yeah. yeah. And that's, there's a lot of people that just try and make it perfect too and wait for it to be perfect. But you can it can you can put all the you know dot the i's cross the t's and everything and then still put it out there and it's still flop like yeah. <laughs> no absolutely. absolutely nothing if you think it's perfect it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work yeah 100% yeah so besides you know time being an, uh, a like a challenge what other like limiting beliefs came up for you or um other obstacles with starting your business
1: i think The, and this might, this might sound a bit strange. I think one of the biggest challenges that I had making that change was actually telling people about it. Mm -hmm. Because I think going from a place where you are, you know, I was like the loyalty manager for Europe, for Samsung, which sounds, you know, people know what, like that, that makes sense to people. Whereas now it's like, I tell people I have my own business and it's kind of, I think sometimes hard for people to piece that together. And I think I'm doubly self-conscious about it because my business is so new. I'm not someone who has been in business for 10 years or who has, you know, I'm still at very early stages. So I think having well-meaning people tell me that I could probably find a really good job in Miami, for example. And I'm sure I could, like, I've, I've been doing the corporate thing for 10 years. I know how to go to job interviews. I know how to get a good job. Um, but You know, Now I'm at a phase where I want to try something new and I'm really committed to this business. I'm really committed to making it a success. Um, And I think, and it's silly because really I don't need the approval of anyone. Like there's, you know, my higher self is telling me like Liz, why do you care what anyone else thinks? Why do you care if someone is making these comments about you getting a job? But I think there's also a human element where naturally we seek the approval of others rightly or wrongly. And I think it's definitely a vulnerable place to be in where what what I used to do was very, people understood that, whereas now I don't know if they do as much anymore.
0: (laughs) Funny story before this morning, my dad called me and I had the massage business. And so two funny stories. First, my dad's an entrepreneur. My grandfather owned his own business. My dad has owned his own business, but I always thought they needed, they wanted me to be a nine to five because it was secure, you know, your salary or benefits. So when I finally quit my job, to start my massage business business and coach, my dad was like, oh, thank God. He's like, we thought you should have done that like years ago. We never understood why. And he had told me after college, well, now you should be your own boss. You have your degree. And I never put the things together. And here was my dad after I quit my job going, we've been talking about this. I had an argument with your grandfather that you should have been doing this. And he said, leave her alone to figure it out herself. But at this morning, he understood the massage business, but I never talked about my coaching business. I didn't think my family understood. Then the other day, my sister's friend called and and she wanted to know if I could help her start her business. And my mom must have told my dad. And my dad called and goes, so how's the new business? What are you doing? And he wanted to know. And I I just thought they wouldn't understand that he's coaching or he could tangibly see what a massage business was. But he had yeah. no idea what this online, you know, coaching kind of thing was. And I had an uncle sit down with me last Christmas and be like, "Let me tell you what I think about. Why don't you go to get a job? Then you'll have health insurance." I mean, yeah. you know, and I think it's a, I think it's part nature. Like the way I see it is like it's like that. Um, you know how animals have packs, and they, you you want to fit in with the pack because it's such, yeah. like innate natural desired survival of the fittest right mm-hmm. if you have a pack and people approve of you and you fit in with them and they understand you then you're safe against the enemy i think it's like i think of it as like our like natural instinct to want approval from everybody so that we're not the outcast and left to the wolves no 100 percent,
1: and um That's, that's so great that your dad like wants to know what you're doing and and is so supportive. That's, that's, it, it makes such a big difference when your family is supportive. And I mean, to be completely honest, like when Alex first started her business, she was kind of the first entrepreneur of our family and everyone, she was like 20, you know, trying to start a business and the whole family was like, Alex, like, what are you doing? You need to get a job, you know, do the traditional thing. Um, and now she's, you know, she's flying, she's doing amazing things. So I think in a way she's made it easier for me because my family have more of an understanding of what, of like the world that I'm walking into. But I think people on the street don't really know that there's this whole, like, you know, world of entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneurism, entrepreneurialism. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, what, what's that word? You know what I mean? There's a whole entrepreneurs online and and they're all you know starting businesses and and doing exciting things and to try and describe that to someone is quite hard who's not in that world themselves
0: um especially when you're dealing with online because people can't touch it and feel it and they don't necessarily like when they buy something online they still think of it as a store yeah the online connection like i'm not an i don't consider myself an online business in a way because I'm helping people to people, but other people, like, I don't get, like, do you go to an office and you do this? Like a psychologist? Like it's that, that they can't really see it because they're, if they're searching, they're never going to come across a retention strategist, right? Like exactly not like there's the, what is that? That's a made up thing, but they and don't understand know. memberships or
1: yeah, well even when I talk about online memberships and you know, I when I tell people, you know, there's a lot of memberships online and I help them keep their customers for longer to make them more money, people will be like, what kind of memberships? And I'm like, well, there's memberships for entrepreneurs, there's membership memberships for people's soul to help them, you know, better take care of themselves, there's memberships for pet owners like the list is as long as my arm, like there's so many memberships, but I think people struggle as you said because it's not like a tangible thing they can't wrap their head around it
0: I remember when I was first learning about memberships and they like it was student McLaren and he was talking about he was like in one of the exercises was like write out all the things you subscribe to and it was like Netflix is a membership you know Hulu is a membership HelloFresh is a membership and people don't realize those are you're you're a member your Costco membership you're paying monthly for something yeah 100 no, percent um Yeah.
1: It's just one of those things, isn't it? Like, I think it's, I was watching, um, have you seen the movie, the white, I think it's called the white tiger on Netflix. Mm -hmm. It's about this, um, this guy who comes from a a poor background and he uses his entrepreneurial spirit to kind of get out of, you know, poverty that his family is living in. But um, in the movie he talks a lot about, or there's a part where he's talking about um, there's a bunch of like chickens in a cage And he's saying, you know, the chickens are trained to stay in the cage and if they like, they could escape, but they don't. And he kind of draws the line between that and having the free, like, I guess, having your freedom financially and in terms of time. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting that we, and I think this is changing now, but it's interesting that historically, we've always really put a lot of kind of, you know, we've praised having a corporate job and having security and all that jazz. Whereas actually, any of us could quit our job and start a business. Any of us could do this. And so many people don't out of fear or out of, you know, this ingrained idea that, you know, going corporate is the right thing to do, but right. there's, other, there's other options, you know, like life, you can do whatever you want with your life.
0: Well, if you think about it, a lot of people don't realize they're in the cage, right? They don't actually see the walls of it. And I think that's one of the hard things about being an entrepreneur and Is that you get out there in the world especially with the online world now where access to information galore and you're starting to meet new people that are also entrepreneurs and all of a sudden you're seeing other ways of doing things and more ways and it's the most overwhelming thing and i i work with a lot of clients that get lost in it like oh my god i have to be on instagram and i have to be on pinterest and i have to be doing this and this and this and they no longer know how to filter out what they want because they went from a box where this is my nine to five this is how I live my life down to like my paycheck is in a box (laughs) it doesn't you know it doesn't get much higher you know it goes up in increments and all of a sudden like you can make as much money as you really work towards and you have so many avenues it becomes overwhelming and people I think that's why a lot of entrepreneurs quit is because they get so lost like as you mentioned like there's so much to focus on what do i re- what really needs my attention I-, I just did a podcast about how we re- then worry about like the growth of our business and all these other avenues that we forget to nurture what's in our business already what's already like and as you like a membership you know retention expert nurturing the clients you already have like that yeah. is already in your wheelhouse you can't be i gave the uh, like if you owned a storefront and you were always outside trying to bring people in, but there were already people in your store and you weren't nurturing them, but you were yeah. trying, like, it's, you're going to lose the people that are already in there.
1: No, hundred um, percent. There's actually a, a, do you know Naval Ravikant? Have you heard of him? Mm-hmm. He's He's fantastic. He has some, Podcasts on like Spotify and Apple, but they're they're kind of like long. They're like three hours long each, so there's not many of them, but they're very long. But he talks a lot about entrepreneurs. <laughs> I keep getting the word wrong. <laughs> now I'm like wondering what is the word. Entreprene, Entrepreneur, entrepreneurship, <laughs> entrepreneurship. is <laughs> that? It? Now it's like a Thursday at four p.m. Thought it was. Uh, <laughs> Katarina, this is not our best moment, but it's fine. It he talks a lot about being an entrepreneur, let me put it like that. And um he, there's a book that he recommended, which the name of the book escapes me, but, but I'll, ha- I'll have to find it and give it to you because it, it was just such a great book. And in the book, they they you know, he talks about how um I actually don't, don't agree with this. He says that people who work in nine to five jobs are basically like a submissive dog and that they are, you know, they're told when to be at the office and what to wear and what to do. And I think in a way I could see that perspective, but also honestly having a nine to five jobs, all, there's also a lot of great things about it. You know, you have stability, you have holiday days where you can take days off and not be thinking about your business,
0: like pros and cons on both sides. Yeah. And there, you know, entrepreneurship, I think it's ship. That's it, entrepreneurship, yeah. Um, it ha- like it's not for everybody and like just like jobs are for everybody you know like are are for the, like a group of people and there's nothing wrong with either um it's when you're not following like if you have an inner guide for me there was always a pull that this doesn't feel right this doesn't feel right this isn't right for me i felt like i was always struggling like even as i was raising a lot of money and I was really good at what I was doing and I was getting the promotions and stuff. It never felt right. And yet there, there are other people that just cannot wait for that. You know, they're working up the ladder to be the CEO of the company. And I feel like we're just all meant to do something different, but it is freeing to realize that there's another world out there. It's like, I think of it as, um, I think of pandemic like this too, but like that movie, uh, was it Alicia Silverstone? Where they come out of the bunker? Do you know what I'm talking about? I was like clueless. I don't know. No, it was after. There's clueless. no bunker in clueless, so it's definitely yeah, not they that one. Her Brendan Fraser, I think it was, were like their parents had a bunker underneath their house, so they thought like it was Cold War or something, and they were in this bunker for so long, and all of a sudden they come out and realize there's a whole world happening because the bunker actually looked like like outside, like it made it look like a like. A house with grass they come right. out and they're like Whoa, oh, what's happening i I, yeah. I can't remember the movie but anyway that's what like you know you leave nine to five i mean yeah nine to five and you're like what is this where am i yeah even having the freedom of like
1: you know if i want to i can just go sit for half an hour and by the water and with my ipad and my my eye pen- pencil is that what it's called and i can scribble ideas or i can do whatever i want i feel like we're struggling with the words today <laughs> But
0: like, I think it's an eye pencil, Apple pencil. It's called apple an Apple pencil. pencil. But they should call it an eye pencil. Why not stick with? Why not stick with the whole, you know, exactly branding? <laughs> but no, it's 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 really. But I think
1: there's also, and this is another challenge that I've had since becoming an, a, like working for myself is that because I now own my time, I feel like I'm expected to do more than I would if I had a nine to five job. And what I mean by that is like, let's say that, for example, when I was in lockdown with my parents, when I had a nine to five job, if my mom was going to the grocery, she knew I couldn't go with her because I had to be in meetings. I had, you know, I I had to be at my desk. Whereas now, because I work for myself, you know, I might feel more pressure about going because it's like, well, you own your own time. Like, what's the problem with you running errands with me? And I kind of, I think, fell into the trap to begin with, where I was like, you know, trying to be, because it's tough, you know, you want to be a good daughter, you want to be a good, you know, partner, you want to be a good sister. And I ended up getting to the end of my days and being like, Oh, my God, I I don't feel like I've done anything, because I've just been running errands all day. So it's also really hard to protect your time and say, actually, boundary, I need to do like, this is the stuff I need to do this week. Like, I don't care how long it takes me It might take me an hour, it might take me 10 hours. But I need to get this stuff done before I can do anything else that for me at least has been really helpful. And it's something that I had to learn in the first few months of of having, of having owning my time.
0: Yeah, it's the boundaries. It's not even, it's your internal boundary, but it's also the external boundary. Like other people not creeping in with that expectation. Um, yeah. You know, that you're gonna answer your emails all the time right away or answer Instagram messages right away or yeah, be there for everybody. Yeah, it's a, uh, hey, but this is my work day. This is what my work day looks like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I actually tried co-working for the first time. Have you co-worked yet? So I've been virtually co-working. I'm in um, the Screw the 9 to 5 membership and they do co-working every week. So it's like, it's Pomodoro style. So it's like,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. so it's 90 minutes and I get so much done. So much. Yeah,
1: I did it for the first time last week with one person and it was just I, you know, it was almost like being in an office as well because we got to work and then we had like a little chat, okay. made a mm-hmm. coffee, and then got back to work. And I got so much done. Yeah. How does that work in like a bigger membership? Where you like, how many people join your co-working
0: space? Like time. I think because. They're so spaced out. Like some days it'll be like five o'clock here when they're hosting one and others will be seven o'clock at night for me or 11 o'clock. So not everybody can make them. And it's a smaller membership. Their membership only has, I think, 80 people in it right now. So, because they only invite in people that have gone through their boot camp or their signature program. So you have to have been through those to go into their membership. Um, And I know they just revamped it, but it's, you know, we could get like, 10 15 people on there in there you know yeah what do you do so like you do the 25 minutes and then during the break do you guys talk
1: or like what's the setup for you
0: so um he would just like uh pick two people to give what did you work on what what you know any struggles anything like that and then the next time around, I go hey, I will randomly pick two people, and like, and that's how it goes for the three sessions. And then before the third session, he gives us a minute to go walk around, make a coffee, go to the bathroom, kind of stretch, mm. and then come back for the last twenty five minute session. Yeah, and they're so helpful because I know I'm going to get work done. I just started instituting it in my membership. Nobody, it's a, it was only one session so far, and mm. nobody was able to join because I only have like eleven people in there um, right now, but. I love it. I love because it's also accountability. Yeah. I'm going to show up and I'm going to do this work.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And also feeling like. I know that obviously, you know, usually you you start working for yourself, so you're not chained to your desk. But for me, at least it felt good to have like I could see someone's face there and think, OK, I'm going to do my utmost to try and sit here and do the thing that I set out to do. Yeah, to actually make some progress versus just like check my email or go f- like whatever else I was doing. It, it was, it was really, as you said, the accountability is fantastic.
0: Well, and that that's you know, that's the good thing about those membership groups is like one, you you get that inner circle, like you get to meet and you know, especially for people that, you know, listen to this podcast, they tend to be new, like that inner circle experience and the the relationships you build in them, um, and that accountability, you know, at any point in time you can pop into that membership and be like, okay, I'm struggling with this. And they help you through it, but also the co-working or the accountability partners. I mean, it's, I don't know how I would be where I am today without the finding. I think the first thing I found when I became an entrepreneur was a membership all about building a business. And without that support, I don't even know if I would still be an entrepreneur trying to figure it out on my own. No for sure um, I was lucky so when I was
1: when I decided to start my business the advice that my sister gave me was Liz if you're serious about this get a business coach like invest in yourself and give yourself the the best foundation from which to build your business like don't just go into it blind and just start trying things like really have someone to hold your hand and and take you on that journey so I started working with someone called Jay Gemma who who, I actually first spoke to Lisa Johnson about being my coach, but at the time, I, I don't know if you know who Lisa Johnson is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, she's brilliant. So at the time I wanted to focus on one-to-one work. Um, so I spoke to Lisa Johnson and she was like, Liz, honestly, like I work more with group program type of stuff, but she was like, Jade Jemma needs to be my coach. She's amazing. Like check her out. So I spoke to Jade, ended up working with her. And as part of my package with her, I got access to this group that she has called the sales squad which is like, I think it's maybe like 10 or 15 people who are business owners who every week we jump on a call and it's just like a hot seat kind of
0: mm-hmm.
1: like vibe. And people talk about what they're working on, what their wins are for the week. And just having a group of people who, as you said, who are like on that journey and who know the struggles and who are like, you know, as it, on that journey, it, it, it's such, it makes such a big difference. Um, yeah. Not just, not just for your confidence for or for my confidence, but also to give me the motivation to keep going because i think if i didn't have those people around me i would have it, it just feels like a dream when,
0: when you can't see people around you doing it yeah yeah so. i had written off doing a podcast i i wanted to do a digital magazine and i was like do a ma- digital magazine and i joined a mastermind and i'm telling you every member including my coach that hosted the mastermind was starting a podcast But I had written that off like that's for celebrities. I had watched, I listened to like the serial podcast. I'm like, I'm not a reporter. I'm not a blah, blah, blah. Like, I can't do this. And everybody was starting them and they're making it look so easy. But I just, I had already said like, that's not something I ever be able to do. Like, I'm not qualified for that. And, but I just never knew it was an opportunity. And that was from a mastermind that I was like, oh, they're doing it. And I watched them start theirs and I watched them have listeners and I, you know, people subscribing. And I was like, well, 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 (laughs) tell me about this podcast. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I feel like we can chat all day long. (laughs) I know this has been so much fun. (laughs) Well, so to wrap up, what are one or two things, pieces of advice, whether about memberships or about being an entrepreneur that you would share with newer, like entrepreneurs within one or four years of business, um, you know, whether about building relationships or about, you know, being in business, getting started mindset, what are tips? One or two tips?
1: Yeah, I would say definitely surround yourself with the right people. Make sure that you're not going it alone. Um, Because I think, as I said, I think if you start on this journey without anyone in your life, who's also on this journey, you can probably feel very lonely and also feel very unrealistic. So make sure that you get a good kind of group in place that that are on that journey and who can help support you. Um, and also I think, you know, just, just keep going. It gets hard and there's bad days and there's good days, but um, you know, every bad day is a lesson as we were saying earlier. And eventually, you
0: know, you'll figure out how to make it work. It just takes time. So give it time. Everything's a process. and It, it really is a process. I mean, I'm just totally revamping my business now. I mean, it is like a learning experience and it's okay to tweak it as you go yeah no 100 percent. like I think as well so so often people expect to
1: have that like ta-da moment where they think of something and then think okay I'm going to create it and it's going to be the finished product but actually nothing's ever finished like everything is always in flux everything's always evolving and needs to be tweaked and developed and so just be open to that process because it's it's just part of
0: part of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And you never know, like I'm going back to one-on-one coaching mostly. And it was because I had a conversation with somebody who wanted to become a coach. We were talking about training and I don't know why I went to go get my, my textbooks for my training course. And I was like, Oh, I remember what I really wanted this business to look like. And it was like this moment, this was like two days ago where I was like that I just like totally brought it back to my heart. But I had gone on this journey of, I have so many group coaching programs and workshops and memberships and I realized, you know, it, you have to just be open to taking the action, learning from it. I mean, yeah. every big coach out there, every big entrepreneur out there changes their programs and services <laughs> many times over, and they might come back to what was really best for them.
1: Yeah. And it's okay to do that. You know, you don't have to figure it all out the first time you try. No, I think if you expect, if that's what you expect to, you know, to to produce something and not be the finished product, then you're always going to be disappointed because, as you say, there's always, you know, evolution and development that needs to happen, even for the biggest
0: coaches. Even so, definitely for for the you know people just starting out as well. More you do personal development and level your goals and your dreams, different priorities, you know, different ways you want to work with people—they all shift. Yeah, it's an adventure. really is (laughs) this was you were such a wealth of wisdom thank you so much for joining I really appreciate it thanks
1: for having me Katrina it was so lovely speaking with you and honestly this time has flown by like I can't believe that we've been on the phone for this long now
0: (laughs) I I know I know is there um where can where can people find you and follow you
1: so people can find me on, Insta- I'm mostly on Instagram. It's Liz Beeden. Um, And I also have a website, loyaltygrowthlab.com. Um, and I also have a Loyalty Growth Lab Instagram handle as well if you want to check out my, my business page.
0: Awesome. And I'll put those in the description too so that they can click on the links and go follow you. She's a lot of fun to follow. Her adventures in Miami and her <laughs> eating on the beach and walking on the beach and dolphins <laughs> in <think> the water. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it all all happens on my Instagram account.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so, 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 so much. So such a pleasure to have you. What a great conversation. And y'all, I will see you next week for next week's episode. Bye. Hi, lovely. Thank you so much for listening to the Fearless Female Entrepreneur Podcast. I want to invite you to join me over on Instagram at True Joy Experience. That's where I share how-to tips, inspiration, and my own personal stories on how I gained the confidence and clarity that helped me leave my nine-to-five behind and design a life and business that I love. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you can receive the latest episode right to your phone each week, right when they launch. Finally, if you are ready to become the fearless female entrepreneur that you are meant to be, download the Mindset and Confidence Assessment to discover what is holding you back from stepping into all you are capable of achieving.